this is Haley Nauman, and you're listening to the Maybe Baby Podcast. Welcome to part two of my conversation with Verena Von Fetten. She is the co-founder of Gossamer Magazine and one of my friends and mentors. If you missed part one, go back one week. We were discussing the first questions from my advice column, Dear Baby. We talked about feeling like it's too late to do things, like in your life, and getting bad news and the entire expression and worldview that is everything happens for a reason. And today we're going to be talking about age, aging, feeling your age, not feeling your age, all the baggage that comes with that stuff. We're also going to talk about writer's block. And just like last week, we kind of run with those topics in a bunch of different directions. So tuck in, buckle up, and let's go. Which actually, maybe we should pop to the next question because there's a 22-year-old. God bless. Who feels ashamed of, of her youth, which I definitely remember feeling. A hundred percent. I used to tell people I was older forever. And I think I told people I turned 30 like I, earlier than I did because I was <laughs> so, so sick funny. of people being like, you're almost 30. And I was like, I'm just going to start telling people I'm 30 now. So I don't have to hear it anymore. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I feel like I felt that most acutely when I was like 25, 26, cause I was working in HR and I felt like I was way too young to be like giving people advice. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to seem older, but also just generally, I kind of felt that throughout my life and twenties. But so she says, She basically wants to ask, how did she stop cringing at her mistakes, give herself grace and forgiveness as she, and maybe implied in her eagerness, I think she maybe wants to be more comfortable with being her age. Um, What did you feel about that question? Well, my first thought was I also think that people who feel, myself included, um, uncomfortable with like how young they are, it's also usually, I think, a sign of, like, incredible maturity and, like, incredible, like, sort of intellectual rigor or whatever. Like, if you feel like your age is embarrassing to you, it's because you feel like you are capable of or accomplishing more things. And then when people find out how old you are, they're like, oh, you're just 22, right? So, like, inherent is, like, some sort of dissonance between, like, what this person feels they're capable of or already doing and then feeling like when people find out how young they are, like, they're not going to be able to do that or they're not going to be seen the same way. Um, Again, I could also just be projecting. But I think that, like... You know, that that's part and part of it. And that A should be like something they're proud of. You know, that's cool. I think that's really cool to like. You're right. There's something wise about the question. I, I, I think in one of my original things I deleted, I was like, knowing that like this is going to be a tough decade, like just sort of like having that like prescience and like awareness, knowing that yeah. you're not going to be able to skip these hard times. Like, knowing that you don't know what you don't know, like, that's not not something a lot of 22-year-olds are reckoning with. In fact, I feel like I saw a tweet the other day that was, like, 20, I think it was about 20-year-olds or 21-year-olds, but it was, like, that's the most, like, it, it's a really complicated time because, like, you think you know fucking everything and, like, almost everybody wants to kick their own ass if they think back mm-hmm. to how they were at that age. So I feel like the fact that she's, like, sort of aware is really a sign of maturity. I think it's like the most incredible question for a 22 year old. Like, 
kudos to you because I can tell you the shit I was thinking about when I was 22 and it is not interesting or important. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, I, the only thing I'll say in this, I guess kind of goes a little bit back to like the everything happens for a reason vibe. But again, I think it's just kind of like enjoy where you're at while you can like, you know, you, you can do both, you know, like you can kind of strive to either experience the world as, or present yourself as older. They're not mutually exclusive. You can do that and still like lean into the garbage and the bad mistakes and the like cringy shit. Like I, I, God, I still also cringe. I also, for what it's worth, you know, we've talked a lot about age and I'm always like very comfortable talking about it. And maybe that's also because I think in the grand scheme of things, I still feel relatively young. Like, but I think compared to a lot of people, I'm probably pretty old. When I was 22, if I was talking to a 37 year old, I would have been like, that person is really old and they have nothing to tell me. And like, (laughs) that is not a life I want. They're done, you know, but, (laughs) but I still do dumb shit all the time. And I swear to God, sometimes I still act like I'm 22. And I mean that, like, on a social level. I mean that with, like, substances, like, experimenting. Like, I don't ever want that to go away. The people that I admire, and when we go back to talking about, like, friends who are older, like, the people that I love the most and, like, I'm so grateful to have in my life are the people that are, like, far older than me and act far the fuck younger than me. (laughs) Wait, I need to meet some of these people. (laughs) It's it's great. It's really great. It'll make you feel great, I think. So, I don't know. I feel like making, doing cringy stuff, I don't know. It's like that, I still wake, I mean, it's been a year, 14 months of a pandemic or whatever. But like, you know, I still wake up and like regret things and realize I was like acting stupid or did something immature or whatever. But I, I think that there's like... Maybe I'm too optimistic for some of these questions. But I think there's, like, a charm in that. Like, I think there's, like, there's something really, like, isn't there something kind of nice about waking up and being like, oh, that was so dumb. And then, like, you think about it and, like, wallow. <laughs> no, that's horrible. Really? Like, the, the like. No, the I get fe- what you're saying. The, like, fear and loathing the next day. Like, it is horrible, but there's something that makes me feel like I'm alive when I have it. Like, I feel like if I don't have that feeling... I'm, like, bored and deeply bored. You know boring. what I think that you're maybe referencing, which I think is really interesting, is, like, to be stupid, you have to be vulnerable with other people. Yes. Like, for yeah. me, I think I cringe a lot imagining, like, that I was my full self sometimes, you know? Like, I yeah. was too loud. I got too excited about that thing. I was just too honest. I was, you know, like, those kinds of things where it really was my true self, and I think, like, cringe or whatever... Yeah. It comes from fear of, like, not being lovable at, like, your most chaotic and stupid. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something, I think, like, waking up and feeling that way, I feel like is is proof that you, yeah, like you said, like, you're alive, you're being your full self. And that doesn't mean that you're always, like, you always want to be out there all the time, which maybe is where you kind of, like, the next day you're like, ooh. Right. <laughs> but I do feel like it's proof of something good. Yeah, and you, like, kind of learn from it and adjust. And, like, if you really hated the feeling that much, you'll never do it again. And then you move forward. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I yeah. don't know. I Like, I, I think, like, 
yeah, being ashamed of your age or whatever, you know, or feeling like people are going to view you in a different way because of how old you are. Like, I think there's a period, like, I think it's strongest when you're young. And then there's like a period where you kind of don't give a shit. And then I think it comes back again as you get older, you know? And in Um, the other direction, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I think it's very common as certainly like you get older um, to sort of be like, oh, like, I don't want people to know how old I am because they'll think I'm cooler if they, you know, don't know that I'm, like, whatever, whatever age it is. Um, And I think it comes back to, like, you know, basically feeling like your internal self doesn't line up with, like, a societal expectation or projection of, like, Mm -hmm. the external, like, qualified value. A 22-year-old is this, right? Or, like, uh, or worth this, or capable of this thought, or doesn't know anything. (laughs) Um, And I think that it is very rare that those two things ever line up for anyone. I don't feel my age now. I feel comfortable telling people what my age is, and I feel comfortable moving forward, but I don't necessarily feel like a definition of 37 is, like, me. Um, and I don't know if you feel that way with like, you know, how old you are, but I guess I would just say, again, this is sort of pessimistic. Her feeling's never really going to go away, but, but God, being 22 is also so fun. It's so fun and it's so bad. I feel like it is hard to know that, like, that you don't fully know yourself and that there's like, it's like, I, what I struggled with a lot at that age was knowing that mistakes were inevitable like it felt so anathema to like my entire belief system which was like yes mistakes are avoidable with like precautions and like being smart because that's what you grow up believing if you follow the rules you have to make all the right decisions yeah and if you make one bad one everything's off the rails (laughs) right so it's like now you're heading into this era where you're told that like you're going to make a lot of mistakes it just feels so if you're if if she's somebody like that it kind of sounds like she maybe is, because I remember feeling like that when I was her age. Mm-hmm. Like, it is hard. It is, like, it requires a certain, like, cognitive dissonance. It's, like, you're going to feel confident about things that, like, you later realize were wrong. <laughs> and that's, like, it's probably more concentrated in your 20s. But I would say that, like like you said, these cycles, like, don't go away. Like, you're you're always the smartest you've ever... Well, not, not like, you're always the... You always have the most information you've ever had. Mm-hmm. And one day... You will have a lot more. You'll and be that's out of date. Just like, and that, yeah, you'll be out of date. Like, I was just looking at, like, something I wrote. I looked at it back in an old Vice column that I wrote for Man Repeller because one of the questions was similar, and I was trying to remember what I said. And, like, and I was just cringing. And this, like, I looked it up, and I was, like, 30 when I wrote this. I mean, now I'm 31. Like, I'm about to turn, I'm turning 32 this summer, but it's, like, not even been that long. And I'm, like, already over what I wrote a year ago. And, like... That's just... Yeah. Avi was like, don't worry. And I was like, no, I'm not worrying. I'm just, like, recognizing, like, wow, like, that's happening fast. This is another reason I don't want to write a book. So I'm like, I don't want to cringe. I mean, whatever. It's not that, my, not that like, a book needs to be, like, the end-all be-all of, like, your, like, a perfect self. But, but yeah, I think it's, like, you're always going to feel like that. I guess I'd be curious, like, if I were actually talking to this person, I wish I could directly Me talk too. to you. I would ask... I would ask them what they would say to a 15-year-old who asked them the same question. Or a a 13-year-old, or an 11-year-old, or a 10-year-old. I would ask them how they would answer. 
with like, you know, the blessing of hindsight or perspective at having been that age. And that would be one way I'd try and figure out like how to make myself feel better in that situation. And then the other thing we kind of talked about this a couple of times, I would also like try and find friends of very different ages, like go find some teens that like you feel like you've got something in common with and like go see if you can find some like 30 and 40 somethings through like, you know, maybe it's like your friend's boss. So it's not your direct boss or whatever. Like that's how I found my older friends were like, it was like, friends of mine's former bosses who like they maintained a relationship with and then we all eventually would like get social drinks and then all of a sudden like we became friends because there wasn't like a professional hierarchy anymore and then you know it just evolves from there I don't know and I I think that like if because if part of it is feeling like this dissonance between like who she feels like she is in 22 and who she wants people to see her as and and whether she's like you know making the right or wrong decisions and how to like not feel shitty about them like, I think expand the perspective so that it's not all about 22 and that you're like the context through which you are viewing your life and your decisions is a lot broader, including, you know, people of different ages so that it's not the age thing becomes irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like wanting to be older also presumes that like she'll have figured it out by then or like. I remember when I, my mom, one of my mom's favorite stories about when I was a kid is that I was, like, so envious of her life because, like, she just figured it out already. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, you know, you're, like, you're married, you have, like, you know, you have your house, like, you're just very, like... And she was like, <laughs> I guess she said I was, like, six, and she was just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I used to, like, beg her to take us to a, um, a fortune teller. Mm-hmm. Like just wanting to know and I think that like I think maybe that's the she's channeling this person's like channeling a little bit of that like get me to the part where it's like figured out but yeah it's just a myth yeah I mean it does I will say that obviously like you feel you grow personally and so that you can like handle the mysterious and these like cycles better but it's I do feel you get less turbulent, but it doesn't mean that, like, turbulence isn't still occurring. You're maybe just less internally turbulent. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I I really think, like, surround... I mean, again, like, I think surrounding yourself with people of different experiences and ages, like, really helps reframe... Demystify. Yeah, and, like, give you the tools to better handle some of that stuff but also like you don't necessarily like it's okay if you don't get those tools yet like they come later too so you know like but I but I just again like if you can like expand beyond feeling like you're trapped in a box find ways to expand that box yeah you know what else is one the last thing I want to say about this is that like Similar to success being cyclical, I feel like growing up or, like, feeling young are sort of cyclical, too. Like, there are oh, people yeah. who are, like, sometimes when I hear a 23-year-old be like, I'm such a grandma, like, I just, I'm like, you're going to have a phase later yeah. where you're just not a grandma. And, like, that's just, it's going to happen, like, everybody sort of, people who are rushing to, like, you know, get married really young or whatever, I'm like, you're going to have some rumspringa down the, down the road. <laughs> Like, whether you open up your marriage or, like, something. I feel like, like I'm going to sound like a grandma when I say what I'm gonna, about to say. But I think about this a lot with, like, I don't want to use labels, but, like, Gen Z or whatever. Because I think they're, A, they're brilliant and smart. And, like I said, I fucking love teenagers. But they're also healthy. 
I'm like, I feel like they're very healthy and like already making smarter decisions than I did. And the only thing I can think about is like, I'm like, guys, you're going to wake up or gals or whatever. Like you're going to wake up at like 30 or 40 and like go fucking like wild out because like, I don't <laughs> Wait, think. Wait, so what do you mean healthy? Cause I don't know what you mean by that. No, I feel like they like drink less. They like, you know, have like uh, they've been like surrounded by a world of self-care which i think a lot of them have like there is a also clearly a pushback against it that is smarter than you know what i lived through for five or ten years but i do think like you know they're i don't know like I, you know certainly like i'm not encouraging everyone to like drink all the time but i do think that like when i read about how like drinking is on the decline and like smoking and whatever all of those things are bad i'm not encouraging necessarily people to harm themselves but i really like i don't know i think vices and like doing things that aren't good for you or dating with, the wrong person totally or, like, like making like bad decisions avoiding avoiding bad decisions i really like i think those are like I think I, I love, I kind of already said this earlier, like, I kind of love making bad decisions. Like, I, you know, again, if you can have enough, like, self-awareness and self-interrogation to make sure you're not, like, self-sabotaging and you're not, it's not a cycle and it's not because you're avoiding, you know, something else, but to give yourself the freedom to do shit that you definitely know is wrong <laughs> is okay and really good and, like, something to, like, be okay doing kind of forever again within reason. Totally. I mean, I think I've written a lot about like the balance between safety and freedom and like, yes, yes, yes. It's similar, right? It's like you can't live in a safe zone all the time. Yes. There needs to be a balance. Like I I feel like I remember being such a rule follower. I mean, I drank and stuff, so I don't really mean it in that way. Like, I don't think I was like, sometimes I say rule follower and I think it paints a particular picture yeah. wasn't quite right it was just very cautious like I really really didn't want to make the wrong move with my life mm-hmm. and I remember feeling like I came to this moment when I was like 25 and I was just like I'm so over this like I'm so tired of overthinking every single thing I do I'm just going to do and I like for the next year I just like didn't overthink anything I like <laughs> I like moved to the wrong neighborhood and like it was, I didn't think about it. We just, like, did it. And then yeah. I didn't like it. And it was no big deal. Like, we just moved back. But, like, we, like, got a cat. We did, like, we just did, I just underthought things. And yeah. it was so nice. Like, I learned so much more about myself. Like, a lot of them were disasters. But I feel like, and that's, you know, I'm probably, like, mythologizing a little bit, too. But, like, that's that process is, like, important, I think. Like, you're, or, like, what I'm going to say is, um, you're going to break out in the other direction, like... Yeah, I also think, like, self-mythologizing is, like, kind of a good exercise, too. And, like, it's that's, like, kind of a vice and, like, is worth leaning into sometimes. Like, that, make leaning into the fact that you feel like the star of your own movie, like, fuck yeah. Like, that's, do that. Treat yourself to that. And I also (laughs) think, I remember when you wrote about the, it was relatively recent, but, like, the safety and caution thing, and I thought about it a lot, like, that... There are certain, again, I also feel like in many ways I was a rule follower. In many ways, I also like really wasn't. But that there are things that I thought like if I, you know, I'll say more like around substances or whatever, like things that I thought would like ruin my life, you know, you just kind of learn there's a lot more nuance around like what 
is right or wrong or good or bad for any one individual. And the only way to figure out what is right or wrong for you is to kind of be open to trying them. Maybe not. And that's anything. Moving to a weird neighborhood, getting a pet, not getting a pet, like trying a drug, not like staying in a lot, going out a lot of job, whatever. Like the only way you really figure out what is safe for you and not safe for you is to kind of like push those edges a little bit until you know your boundaries. I mean, like I used to be really anti-think people like not thinking things through. I'm like, why are you thinking that through? Like, you're just going to move to Berlin? Like what? Like you don't know anybody (laughs) there. Like you're going to be miserable, but it's like, so they'll be miserable. Yeah. You know? And then what? Then they move back. And then they move back and then they have this story and they learn about themselves or whatever. And it's just, it stops when you think of life that way, it stops feeling so bifurcated and right and wrong. It's just like every choice you make has benefits and drawbacks, like no matter where you go and like you can't predict them. And so it doesn't really, it doesn't really like makes, there's no way to choose right all the time. It's just, and it's also boring. It's just not going to make you who you are. This also brings me back to one thought I wish I'd added, um, to the uh, everything happens for a reason question or whatever. Uh-huh. I think this also goes, like, both of these things we're talking also a little bit about, like, risk or things going wrong, right? Like, you know, you can set all of these plans and do everything you can for something to be perfect and, like, it still won't work. Um, and one thing that I think contributes to my feeling of, like, I just gotta move forward is the knowledge I have of myself, and I think this is true for or can be true for everybody and true for like your friend who moved to Berlin and if they're miserable what happens like play out the worst case scenario like I I do that all the time like okay this this thing didn't happen and like now that means everything else is gonna go wrong so like follow that thread all the way to the end until it is like you know for me it's like my career is over no one ever wants to hire me again like I have no money and like, you know, I'm, I am like a black mark or whatever. Like that, that's like my bigger fear. Like those are the things that keep me awake at night. And like, what? And then I'm like, okay, well then what would you do? I'm like, I'd go find another fucking job. Like I would just go find another fucking job doing anything. I would do anything. If I have to pay my bills, I would downsize my apartment and I would like go find a job. I don't care what it is. I don't feel like there is anything, literally anything below me if it came down to keeping myself fed and putting a roof over my head. And so if I know that I can do that or like am okay with that, it's not ideal. That's not what I want. But like that's the worst case scenario. I know I'm capable of like fucking muddling my way through that. Then like the rest is going to, I'm going to be okay no matter what. So, like... It's such a good point. Following it through. Like, what's the worst case scenario? Like, even if it's just something small, like I said something dumb, like, okay, now they think that you sometimes are vain. Well, they are too. Like, whatever. Even if it's just, like... Sometimes I feel like we forget to, like, follow the thought all the way through. I think yeah. I said that, too, about the person saying it's too late. It's, like, too late for what? Like, right. I feel like we, we take it for granted that these are so important, but it's, like, no, like, actually explain it. Like... Yeah. You know? And, and I then think that play there's a lot out. to learn there. Yeah. yeah, play it out, play it out. Okay, well, we've been talking for a long time. I feel like maybe let's finish with the... If you have any thoughts on bad or difficult writing days... I was skipping the HR one because I feel like that's kind of boring. Unless you have... I thought you answered it really well for what it's worth. Like, okay, cool. 
I mean, I think the number one thing is what you said. Like, HR is uh, there to serve the best interests of the company. Yeah. Um, also, companies are not family. Workplaces are not family, no matter how many will tell you that. It is a tra- transactional relationship. You provide something for them, and they put money in your bank account at the end of however long yeah. the pay cycle is. And HR exists to uphold that experience with the goal of making more money for the people at the top. That fucking yeah. sucks. Yeah. But you're beyond that, I think your advice on like how to therefore use the, that framing to your advantage when you can is like the only thing you can really do <laughs> and unionize. Yeah. 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 Like HR is not there to protect you. They're right. there to protect the, the like sea level in the company. Yeah. That doesn't mean all HR people are yeah. bad. And I don't mean, there are probably people listening who, who are in HR who are like, Hey, like, I don't, I don't see it like that, but we're talking broadly about like the purpose the system of it ultimately of, yeah. is for the company. Like, yeah, of course, because yeah. otherwise, yeah, of course it is. Like, the company pays for it. Like, I, I, I agree. I love. I have had nothing but actually like really good experiences with people who work in HR, and I think it is also like a really, really valuable um, profession. Um, but I think just understand the system in which it exists. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and know its limits. I think that's really what yeah. it is. It's like it's limited. Yeah. Which is why you know unions are great. <laughs> Anyway, I feel like we both agree on that. Okay, well, let's end on writing tips because as someone who's been writing for a long time, I'm curious how you feel about bad writing days or how you approach them now. God. (laughs) Big, heavy sighs over there. Yeah, I think... So the one thing I'll say is some... Like, in terms of how I approach them now, I have less time to write than I have ever had before. And I feel deeply deeply out of practice so it is very hard for me it is harder for me to write now than i've it it has ever ever been um so so i like to see what you wrote and that you did that in two days like it's genuinely astonishing to me it feels like you performed a miracle like and i am i I, like watched you walk on water because i just don't understand it um so it is you know and everyone says it's like a muscle like it really really is because one of the things that I think that I think happens as you gradually write more regularly, and this is why it's like important to just do it more regularly, is the value of every single word you put out diminishes, right? And like the problem, or I think the tension between like a bad writing day is like placing too much value on everything you're putting out, that it's not good, it's not coming right, you're not saying it right. Um, yeah, so one is, like, it's so, those stupid adages are, like, kind of adages for a reason. Like, it is, like, a muscle, and the more you do it, the easier it gets. But the other thing I just try and do, and that I think about a lot because I, it was new to me. So I used to write largely, you know, for, not for myself, but, like, on my own byline or whatever, um, you know, as a writer, or as, like, a writer on a site or an editor on a site, And then I started doing, like, freelance and consulting work writing for brands or doing, like, editorial copy. And I couldn't – I thought it would feel soul-sucking, and in some ways it can, but I couldn't believe how freeing it was to take my name off something. Oh, my God. And to just have to write – like, 
it's not it wasn't it was no longer a reflection of me it just had to be utilitarian and yes good and and utilitarian in as much as it built a voice or a world or whatever it just had to accomplish the goal it did not have to reflect anything on me as a human or a person and so when i'm really stuck now i just try and like put my like I just am like how would you write this if a brand asked you to write it for them and that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be my best output but I'm going to put something out like I will write something on the page and then I will figure out how to get it to where I want it to be for me as a person but that's like definitely a, a mindset I put myself in when I cannot get a sentence out that's a really good point I feel like I could have included some more like tricks like I feel like one that we used was um like, like, pretend you're writing this in an email to a friend. I feel like you yeah, told me that. Yeah, that's one of mine. <laughs> yeah, that's one of your tricks. Yeah, that's like, one of mine. Yeah. Yeah, or just, like, I mean, the reason that I had in my little, like, flow chart, I had, maybe it was too general, but to say, like, you're stuck, like, talk it out. I feel like you have to be able to express what you're trying to say really yes. easily conversationally. Like, even if you're not yeah. going to write it exactly that way, I'm not, like, a super conversational writer necessarily, but, um... If you can't do that, like, your idea is muddled. Like, I feel like a muddled idea is so hard to write out. Like, it's just, it will just make you, and it will make, sometimes if you don't realize it's muddled, you just think that you can't fucking write. Yeah. But so often it's with the idea where, I mean, of course, sometimes you have clarity. Like, I feel like I kind of knew what I wanted to say for these answers, but I felt so, I'm feeling so burned out this week that I was just like, oh my god like I will do anything to not write this right now like I will just look at my phone at Twitter which is making me mad like Twitter like turning to Twitter oof it's a really bad thing to do it's like that's when you really don't want to write but it really um, is and I would say yeah I I have the same problem I'm like don't open Instagram don't open Twitter don't do it don't do it and then like my thumb like just does it like of its own accord like it's like watching like a phantom limb 100% and it's like sometimes I feel like that is like my signal more than anything else it's like more than the feeling of not being able to write it's like how I'm just like responding like what I feel like I need which is like just to get away from it which I think that's the biggest that's what's tricky for me because sometimes like writing is just hard so I feel like it's it's learning to differentiate between like, okay, this is just hard because writing is hard. Like it's hard to put an idea to words versus your idea is muddled versus you are burned out. Like I know burned out is kind of an overused term, but like it is really impossible to creatively or like to create something when you are just like, you don't have any gas in the tank, like mental gas. Yeah. No, I think that's really right. I think talking, like, I think what the, the nuance between like, are you failing at articulating versus is the idea itself not there yet is a really, really good thought. And like, they present so similarly. Yeah. But like, just pick up a friend and be like, Hey, I'm trying to like, here's the thing I'm thinking about. Set a fucking timer for yourself and try and explain it to the person in 60 seconds. And if you can't try and talk it out with them a little more and be like, can you like help me? Can I just like talk at you for a while? And can you try and say back to me what you think I'm saying? I've done it's that with so friends. Me too. I or, do it all and with time, editors like... too sometimes. Like I'll be like, hey, okay. So, you, or, or as an editor, like a writer, I'm like, just spew at me. And then I'll be like, <laughs> okay, here's what I can pull out. And here's what I think you're saying. Am I right or wrong? And if they're like, that is not what I meant to say, but that's really interesting. Like something, something yeah. will oh come God. from that. But sometimes they're also like, that's not what I meant to say. Let me try again. And then, like, you try again and try again. And then it's like, now we got it. Like, that's what you were trying to say. 
it can be so like I feel like we think of writing as such a solo solitary pursuit but like you really need to, I mean this is what I've been struggling with with my newsletter a little bit because it feels I feel so insular and I'm just like yeah. I don't have an editor and so I feel like I've been leaning a lot on like Avi and like some of my writing friends like just calling them and being like what the fuck am I saying? <laughs> like, yeah. I just... Sometimes you really need that. You really need that. Especially if you're working on a side project and, like, no one knows, but you've been, like, going away on nights and weekends and working on it, but you feel like you just can't approach it anymore because it just sounds so overwhelming, maybe you need to invite more people into the process. It yeah. can be so helpful just to have somebody, like, echo back... Like you said, echo back what you're saying and also be like, that made me think of this. And you're like, oh, that's such a better point. Like, that's such a big part of the editing process is realizing that, like, that's better than what you were going to say. Yeah, for sure. Like, good editors are great. I've been actually thinking about, like, hiring an actual editor for my newsletter. It feels, like, more ethical, too. I mean, yeah, like, I love being edited. I love it. I think I'm, like, I'm a better writer at every single time. I, there is only one instance I've ever thought I was, like, edited poorly and, like, whatever. But, like, every other (laughs) time. But you didn't forget it. (laughs) I didn't forget it. Um, (laughs) The other thing I, I will say, and this is, you know, verges, like, the first part is going to be, like, oh, everyone says that. Like, read. You know, like, when you are really, really stuck, like, go read. But, yes, that. And then the other thing I'll say, and this is maybe for me, and maybe this is, like, a embarrassing thing to say. I find, like, if I can't find what I'm saying, sometimes mimicking other people will help me find what I'm trying to say. So, like, if there are writers I really, really love and admire, like, and I'm really, really stuck, sometimes I just, like, go read stuff they've written. And, like... You know, it's the same way, like, when you talk to someone who has an accent for a really long time, like, you'll pick up little intonations. Like, sometimes then when I write, I find myself, like, you know, using little, like, some syntax that they do a lot or, you know, writerly tricks that I notice in their voice that makes it their voice. And sometimes I do that for myself. I'm not trying to copy them, but it just gives me, like, okay, I don't know how to say this thing. How would this person say it? So let me try it their way. Yeah, it just shakes your brain loose a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I feel like reading things in the style of the thing you're writing is, like, such a great way to just shake up where you're... the path you're on. Yeah, just try and write it in someone else's voice. I guess that's another way of what I was saying before. But, like, try and write it. If you can't figure it out, try writing it in someone else's voice, even if you think that voice is bad, too. Like... Tell yourself, like, okay, well, my let me write it as, like, in my friend who I think can't string two sentences together in their voice or something. <laughs> and then just, like, spit it out. And then, like, go back and try and fix it. But I, I just think, like, giving yourself the broadest possible framework you can to get something down is the, the best thing you can always do. Marina, this is so nice. I actually have to run because I'm meeting a friend, but for once in my fucking life, I'm leaving my home. Have fun. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was so, so nice to talk to you. I feel like this was, like, better than I even imagined. Ugh, this is great. I'm sorry. I feel like you're going to have to... I don't know if you just let them run long or if I've just left you with, like, a beast of an editing project, but... Oh, no, I think I'm going to um, cut this into two parts. Okay. All right, great. Two weeks of Verena on the Ugh, pod. I'm ready for it. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you so much. Well, thank you. This was so fun. Have fun with your friends. Thanks to everyone who wrote in. They're all so smart. These questions are very thoughtful. It's inspiring. I love them. Okay, have a good night. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's it from our conversation with Verena. 
Thank you so much for listening to both parts, and thank you so much to Verena for coming on. Thank you, as always, to Soft Streak for my intro music. I think Soft Streak actually has an album coming out, if I'm remembering correctly, from their Instagram. So maybe I will link it in my email. Um, okay, well, I'll actually not see you next week because I'm taking a week off to move, um, as I mentioned some in one of these podcasts. So I will see you on this podcast in two weeks. So I hope you have a nice week or a couple weeks, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Thank you.